Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter, and today I have a special interview with Jessica Park. You may know her from a web series called Gigahose. She was recently in the Netflix pilot of Daredevil and also in the upcoming movie, The Closer. And here is the interview. Morning, Jessica. Hello. Uh, well, actually, good afternoon. <laughs> yes, technically, right? Yeah. How are you doing? Good. Good. I'm kind of a night owl, though, so it kind of is morning for me right now. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> night crawling on the streets? Uh, no, not even. I tend to get more work done at night, so. Oh, I see. I mean, sometimes. I mean, being in, like, the comedy world, like, a lot of stuff happens at night, and theater happens at night, so. Oh, okay. And you just typically stay up late because of all of that? Pretty much. I think my my body is, like set on that clock since childhood because my mom was also in the theater she was an opera singer right in germany yeah so so since then i think like we've just always been kind of night creatures <laughs> yeah so you've just been conditioned to it growing up basically pretty much i think so because both of my siblings are too so right um <laughs> your brother is a writer yeah he and is. your sister is in costuming um, she was. Now she's for Lufthansa, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I know a little bit because um, I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but uh, uh, my buddy interviewed you, Chris uh, Rebel from Let's Yeah, Chat that was super cool. It was super fun. Yeah, and um, coincidentally, I, I, I went back and, and, and listened to it, and I hadn't noticed, but he actually gave me a shout-out on that same episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, on the intro because he had previously came on my show, and we reviewed the um, the nineteen I want to say eighty eight uh, Chipmunk movie, the Chipmunk Adventure. Oh my god! Uh, so I don't know if you've seen that, but it was it was our first animated movie on the show that we've reviewed, and it was kind of fun actually, you know. And that's the way I remember the Chipmunks, you know. So I, I watched it. I mean, I used to watch the cartoon. I don't remember the movie. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask you how old you are? Um, that's a really funny question because <laughs> I've been getting it a lot lately and it's like, and I, I recently had this like really established, well-known casting director say like, just don't tell people because that's like, as an actor, it's a weird thing. It's like, mm -hmm. because there's a, such a bias, especially against female actors to be like so young. I just saw this graph recently where like all these like female lead types like get par paired with like screen partners who are like 20 30 years older sometimes it's ridiculous right and like yeah. there's just i don't know and you hear all these stories about like you know once women get into like an older age range they don't get as many parts and stuff so it's like you try to keep this perception i guess of like well how old do you think i am how old do you want me to be how old do you think i play you know cuz like I don't know, it's weird, because, like, one casting, I'll go in and be, like, a 20-year-old, and then, like, a week later, someone will be like, mm, I need, um, we're looking for, like, a PhD student who's 28, you know, and so you're like, okay, so some of you think I'm 20, and some of you think I'm 28, <laughs> if not older, because I just played a mom to some 12-year-olds, but that was, like, also set in, like, ninth century England so it was like you know probably they were having babies a lot sooner but still right. you know that was like 
closer to my age, but yes, I was born in the eighties for sure. <laughs> okay, so so let's say you're you're between the age of twenty and thirty. Yeah. Wow, okay. that's so specific. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I am a millennial, right? So, yeah. um, which is interesting. I don't necessarily identify with a lot of the stuff I read about the generation I'm supposedly in, um, but you know. I heard recently this really cool description of like the Oregon Trail generation mm -hmm. that was interesting, but I think that that ages me, that dates me. So it's like I don't care. Like in my real life, I don't care about it at all. Like, well, of course, like my acting life is my real life too. But like, I feel like I've like not gotten jobs in the past when they've like asked my age because like they thought I was a certain age, and then I told them my actual age, and they're like, "Oh, well, she can't play that then." It's so weird. Is there a thing when, like, you go to auditions and stuff where you don't they kind of give you an idea of the age group that you're they're looking for? Totally. Like, there's in the casting breakdown, it'll say you know the range they're looking for, but then you know they still need to call people in because sometimes people's pictures don't look like they do in real life, right. or you know they've they've changed their look or whatever is you know. So, or just their energy in the room. Like, that's the thing with me is, like, my energy is fairly young. Like, I'm kind of, like, I don't know. I'm a pretty, like, bouncy whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, silly, like, young silly, but, like, I am a little silly. Like, I do comedy and I'm, right. like, like, I'm just, like, especially when I'm in an audition room, I get nervous and then, you know, I have a kind of a higher voice. So people just automatically assume that I'm younger. So like, you know, they want to, they want to make sure like that you read that age, whatever it is, you know, Right. but you know, that being said, they're technically not allowed to ask you at an audition how old you are um, because it's irrelevant. Like it matters what you look like on screen right. or, you know, how you act on stage. It really doesn't matter how old you are unless it's like a, alcohol ad and they need to know you're over 25 or you're playing a teenager and they need to know you're over 18 because of the content or something you know sure um so it's a i don't know it's a weird thing but yeah in terms of like references of like what movie references or whatever we could talk about that was in, that's interesting right because it's like when were you born what did you watch <laughs> yeah and that was the only reason i wanted to know um, but it, with with what you were just speaking on, is, wasn't that kind of an issue too with Maggie Gyllenhaal? Didn't she like lose out on a role too because they felt she was too too old to play the wife of a man who was actually in real life twenty years older than her? Yeah, I bet I bet that that happens all of the time because I've seen it happen on like even the smaller projects that I've worked on, um, or or like a crazy thing. I got cast recently as a daughter. And the person who was going to play my mother was only four years older than me in real life. Right. And like, cause she just reads a little bit older than her actual age. And I read younger than my age. So that was crazy. We're like, wait, what? Like, we're basically like the same age, but like, I guess that's just how it goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, we, we see a lot of that on film often. Yeah. Yeah. yeah seven-year age differences or, like, five-year age differences. I mean, and you can get away with a lot. I mean, that's, like, that's, like, the beauty of it, I think, is, like, I don't think it needs to be realistic. If someone can, like, play that age, like, why not, you know? Like, I think you're suspending your disbelief about so many other things, you know, that, like, hey, if it works, it works, you know? And, like, there's so much you can do with makeup nowadays and, you oh, know... Yeah. 
and as an actor, you can also like adapt your your movement and do all these things. Like I just watched this series with um, what's his name? Is it Damien Damien Lewis? Do you know that actor? Damien Lewis. Um, oh right, the uh, he was on. Wasn't he on Life? Was the 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 show Life? House of, I think he was on House of Cards, maybe or something. I don't know the those series that he's on right now. I haven't watched. He's he's a redhead. Watched, yes, the yes. Red, yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, I watched this old series on. It was like some English drama about this like family. It was called the Foresight Saga. Okay. And he aged like probably like thirty or forty years throughout this miniseries. And it was cool. It was like, wow, because, like, I know he didn't age that much, but he just, like, changed his physicality, his voice. Obviously, they did a lot of makeup and stuff. But it was neat to see because it was, like, you know, now seeing, like, like I looked him up on IMDb and I was like, oh, dude, you're actually, like, not that old. Yeah. <laughs> For a big part of the show, he was playing an older character. So, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's, it's acting, right? Like, right. But it is, it is frustrating, I think, for women when we get – aged out of things yeah it seems like they always just want somebody younger yeah yeah and i understand that aspect of it too in a way of like you know if if the thing that sells a movie is like someone being hot and beautiful and whatever right Mm -hmm. i kind of get that from like a capitalist like consumerist perspective right Mm -hmm. where it's like they're trying to sell a movie they want to make money but it's also ridiculous and you have so much power as, you know, a media person, as an entertainment person to like shift what is beauty. You know, you can say like, look at these older actresses who are gorgeous. You know, they're, there's, it's not they're gorgeous for being 60 or 70. It's like, no, they are beautiful women. And can we just say that, you know, can we not like pretend that only a 20 year old can be beautiful? Like, right. You know, because like I see like I see older women all the time. I'm like, oh, my God, you are so beautiful. Like, you know, and that's just so weird that we can't accept that in our, you know, in our our society, you know, in our society. And like we have to just like fetishize like youth. And I mean, okay, but like maybe there is, you know, weird (laughs) evolutionary like, you know, underpinnings to all of that. Right. Of like, yeah. You know, like, well, 20 means fertile, means <laughs> to caveman who wants to procreate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, obviously there's, like, biological whatever, you know. But I think mostly it's money, right? That's sure. At the end of the day, that's what Hollywood seems to be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, for listeners. Uh, that that aren't too familiar with your work, you 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 mentioned it already that uh, you um you know you you actually you kind of do a different type of genre, right? You said you're a comedian as well, <laughs> and recently you made uh, an appearance on the pilot of Daredevil. Yes. And also, you're um there's a movie you're working on, The Closer. Uh huh. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because the only thing I was able to find out that it's just it's a crime movie. And yeah. I, I couldn't even find, like, a plot or anything like that. Is that uh, something that you'd be able to speak a little bit about? Totally, yeah. Um, the the director, it's really interesting because the director um, and one of the writers, Ellie Hirschko, he, um, he 
made a movie a few years back um, that, you know, it played at festivals and stuff, but it just wasn't really the time for it because it was about a transgender character. And all of a sudden, like, you know, all the stuff with Caitlyn Jenner and Laverne Cox being such a big, you know, part of the public eye now, all of a sudden he's getting attention for his movie. And so, like, this is a movie that he made before The Closer. And so he's, you know, obviously trying to use this momentum right now and and have this other movie called Carla. Um, he's, that's where his, like, main focus is right now because, you know, he made this and it was such a labor of love and, and something he felt very strongly about back when he made it, like, five years ago. And Laverne Cox is actually in that movie as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and so he, you know, he had to kind of put all of his efforts into, you know, trying to, I think it just got distribution, perhaps. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what the, what it's, so there's been a little bit of a delay in the post-production for The Closer, um, but it's basically his next feature that he did after um, this other one, Carla. So, so that's, um, so that's like what's happened on that end um, in terms of like, releasing it but the movie itself is um about kind of the real estate crash here in new york city mm-hmm. and how that that bubble kind of the, all the corruption and all of the you know just terrible crime that happens that you know in the the real estate side of things um before the crash you know um, and all the people that were taking advantage of low-income folks and and just, you know, all of the terrible stuff that was going on behind the scenes and people getting rich off of, you know, just just taking advantage of people and stuff like that. So, um, and, you know, it's a very, like, New York-based kind of crime story. Um, I play the girlfriend of you know, the kind of the bad guy. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. It was cool. Like, I don't usually get to do that. So, right, right. Yeah, so she's like, you know, this kind of spoiled, um, you know, but she's an accessory to him, you know, which, okay. but, you know, she still has an interesting character arc. Um, and, and you know, it is, it's definitely one of those characters that is, is mostly there to kind of underline the male character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which like as this like feminist, I'm like, mm, come on, but <laughs> but it's interesting, like because I do think that like it fits into that whole world, and you know, and I still got to do some good acting on it, so <laughs> awesome. you know, it wasn't just like being cute and pretty dresses. So although they were very pretty dresses, and hair and makeup was fantastic, and that's always fun because I play a lot of like dirty, like grimy characters that are like. Mm-hmm no makeup and hair and like you know so i'm like yeah i get to sit in the chair and be pretty yay doll up a little bit yeah exactly yeah that's awesome i didn't know laverne cox did anything before orange is the new black so that might be actually kind of you know worth a check out because i i I like her i I guess yeah we call her her yeah i like her character you know from orange um her role in that film is basically like the best friend of the protagonist okay um, and, and she's great. I mean, I went to this screening of it at the Ziegfeld and she, I mean, everyone was laughing at every line that she said, cause she's just so good. I and mean, she was like on point. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's, uh, you know, it just was made like a few years before it's time. So now it's finally like the audience is kind of like, Oh yeah. Accepting yeah, it like, now. 
Yeah, exactly. Which is weird because you wouldn't think that like five years ago would have been that different. But right. interestingly enough, it, it, it you know the climate changes fairly quickly um, about some of these like hot button issues. You know. Right. Totally. Um, you you mentioned that you were a feminist. And recently, you posted uh, a really. I, I really enjoyed it. It, it was um, it was your um, comedy group mm -hmm. right? that where you guys were reading uh, these statements from like celebrities and stuff that were yeah. kind of uh, sexist. Yeah, you want to talk a little bit about how that came about and some of the writing process. And did did you direct that one or? Did um I I don't actually like directing, but it just happens by default um, because I I really enjoy producing the videos and I edit them and obviously I like being in them. Um, but sometimes I just like kind of direct them because you know I'm there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and it, it's a group. We 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 direct ourselves for the most part, you know, because we're a group of people who get along and laugh together. So you know, it's like it's pretty easy to like you know just have a good time together and make these things um but you know the person wearing the like hat or saying action and cut and figuring out what the next setup is that's usually me so um but yeah in terms of like the writing um someone else like just chimed in in a brainstorm and was like hey why don't we actually make it like mean tweets and what if we just focus on like you know kind of terrible things people have said about women you know, and then it, it was just too fun when we were researching the quotes to like leave out current examples because uh -huh. we were going to just do historical quotes. But, you know, it, it was just there's so there's such a range of like just weird shit people say about women. <laughs> it's like, really? Do you really believe that? And I, I think it's interesting because like, of course, you have to look at the context like of the time, right? Like someone like Aristotle or Freud or Nietzsche, like, okay, they lived in a different time when women just had a different role in society. But like, that was their, those were their sincere thoughts, you right. know, that like women are not equal or, or they can't appreciate truth or genius or beauty. Like that is really what the intellectual leaders of those times believed and we still look to some of their teachings in in our philosophy and our psychology and you know so you're like wow like if that was so wrong maybe some of their other thoughts are also really wrong you right. know so it's just I don't know it's just like scratching beneath the surface a little bit you know yeah I really enjoyed it. It, it was, you. yeah, it was really funny too. And I, I felt that like your facial expressions, you're like, really? Like, I, I think that added it to it too. And uh, I really did catching myself LOLing. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I was definitely one of the more like angry readers. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were, you know, there's other people in my group that were kind of like taking it a little bit more, you know, I mean, obviously they're, when we talk about it, it's still like, I can't believe this. But like, you know, they were at least trying to do comedic things with it because we are a comedy group. Um, <laughs> so I was watching it back and I was like, whoa, like I'm angry. I'm like, really angry about this stuff. But, you know, like rightfully so, right? Like revolutions don't happen because people sit around like knitting, right? Right, right. <laughs> do you want to... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask if um, 
if you want to speak more about like what your group does and and you guys do uh, live performances mm-hmm. and and also you guys do shorts I'm, I'm assuming and that's that's one of the examples of the videos that you posted yeah exactly um we so we have been a group for around two and a half years um we do live sketch shows um at different you know venues in New York and you know hopefully like festivals and stuff too I mean we've done festivals here in New York but you know hopefully go to other cities and stuff that would be really fun um and you know just like live sketch kind of like SNL type of you know characters and you know just weird social commentary and yeah oftentimes like with a female perspective just because we're predominantly women in the group um and then yeah we make videos um I don't know, just like try to keep busy and keep doing stuff and producing stuff because it can get really discouraging sometimes when you live in a place like New York where Mm -hmm. like, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities, but, um, you know, you can have like months go by where you don't book anything and you're just, you know, it's really easy to like lose heart. And so if you're creating your own stuff, you know, you're, you're never not working. Now, on um, on your interview with Chris, you mentioned how like when you um, were told that you got the daredevil role, and yeah. and you weren't allowed to tell anybody. Now, yeah. has there? Because um, I'm not sure how this works with like maybe other auditions, but has there ever been a time where somebody in your group or or a fellow actor or something like that, and and you were going up for the same role, and you guys didn't realize it until like really deep into the auditioning process. Um, luckily, no, we're pretty much like different types in our group. Like we don't really get called in for the same stuff. But one time I did go to an audition for like a, I think it was a commercial or something with someone in my group because she actually introduced me to my manager. So we have the same manager. So he sent us on the same thing. Um, so that was like funny, but like (laughs) it, it really like, I don't. I mean, maybe I need to be more competitive about it, but, like, I don't – I know what goes into, like, the casting process, and it's – you know, all you can do as the actor is, like, show up, do a good job, be prepared, you know, and the decision that they make on their end has to do with so many different things Mm -hmm. that, like, I can't, like, be mad at someone else for getting the job or, like – you know, like I, I'm, and especially if it's someone in my own group, like I would be so happy for them. Like, of course I would be like, oh man, like, you know, <laughs> I wanted that job, but you know, like, but at the end of the day, like the way that we look at our success in the group, like individually is also a collective thing. You know, it's like anytime someone gets a cool credit, you know, on the acting side or the writing side, or like does another project on the side, it's like, that's good for the group, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, of course I'd rather, if I don't get the job, I would rather it goes to someone in my group than, you know, some random person that I don't know, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because, like, there's so, like, it's 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 not an easy game, you know? Like, it, it's, at the end of the day, it's like, there's so many things that make it difficult and you deal with all this rejection and you deal with, you know, self-doubt and, like, I just don't think that, like, actors need to be jerks to each other. You know, like, it's hard enough. Right. Like, I've been to, like, callbacks before where, like, 
where actresses will like walk in the room and like size each other up and like give each other mean looks and like roll their eyes when someone says something and like just like act like like terrible people mm-hmm. and you're just like really like I mean I want this job as much as you do but like can we be people first like you know like I I'm ambitious I'm you know I want to be successful but like like no not at the expense of like being a bad person you know sure. <laughs> like, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's luckily we're all pretty different in the group. So that won't happen too often. Um, I mean, someone in my group is like on a show that I would love to be on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's on the Nick. So I'm like, man, that's like, I would love to be on the Nick. Like, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like for the regular people who don't, you know, do acting. It's, it's, it's a job. Like we have friends yeah. that have a certain job that we wish we were in. You know, like I have a friend who works in marketing and, you know, I won't reveal the company, but his company sends him all around the world with merchandise. And and a lot of times when I'm talking to him and he's like, oh, I'm going to China, I go, oh, is it for like leisure or something? He goes, no, it's on business, but I'll oh. probably just walk <laughs> around for fun, too. I'm like, well, God, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And, you know, and, I, and it, sometimes it is hard when you have actor friends because like you're like super happy for them about their successes, you really are. Like, there's one side of you that's like, oh, my God, that's so great. And then the other side of you is like, oh, man, like, what am I What am I not doing? Could I be working harder? Like, how did, you know, I need to be getting those opportunities or whatever, you know? Like, and it, so sometimes there's these, like, weird, like, phases where you're like, hmm, you know? Like, or even on the other side, like, if you have a success and, like, sometimes you're, like, reluctant to share it with your actor friends because you don't want to be like bragging or you know trying to rub it in or something you know and it's because sometimes people handle it you know sometimes people aren't good at handling it you know yeah and like you see people get like jealous or people get you know like oh really well hmm you know, and you hear shit that people have said, like, about you. And, of course, you can't care about that. But sometimes you do because it's like, oh, I thought you were my friend. Okay. You know, it's like, you know, it's, I mean, it's like anything, I guess. It's like, and I it's, it, acting is just hard. It's a little different because you're, like, so in the public eye, I guess, you know. I think you should totally do another, um, like, video where, that one friend who doesn't know the proper etiquette of being like the the successful acting friend <laughs> like hey i just made it on i just signed a deal with three marvel movies <laughs> and i am about to go spend all this money and buy a jet yeah see exactly. you later toodles <laughs> exactly <laughs> i know that would be really funny yeah, yeah i mean it's a it, i mean of course it's like a it's a balance of like being happy, like, as as happy as I was about, like, getting booked on a Marvel job and Daredevil nonetheless, which was, like, you know, this huge thing with, like, these amazing actors and stuff. It's, like, my part was so small, you know? Like, I, I'm in it for, like, what, two or three minutes, and, like, as, as awesome as that experience was, like, I have to be humble about that, you know? Like, right. yeah, that's on my resume now, but, like, at the end of the day, like, I didn't have to like carry an episode or, you know, I'm not like a regular on the show, you know, like there's, there's way more work ahead of me. Like it's not, you know, I can't like rest on my laurels now. Like, Oh yeah, I wasn't daredevil. You know, it's like every, every step of the way is like these, these things that feel like these huge successes are still like, 
small in the grand scheme of things, you know, like my, my ultimate goal obviously is to like be a working actor. I mean, I am a working actor, but like, I would love to like make enough at acting that like I can have the kind of lifestyle that I would like to have, you know, like have kids and go on vacations and, you know, just like do the things that like people with like regular nine to five jobs can do, but do it with acting. Like that's my goal, you know? Right. right. So like, to get there, it's like, you know, lots and lots of little steps, but, you know, ultimately, you know, <laughs> you keep working at it, I guess. Like, yeah, they say like, like it's, it's, it's a marathon, right? Right. It's not a <laughs> With the, um, the role on Daredevil, I, I heard you tell Chris that it took two days to film that scene. Mm -hmm. And was that because it took at night? Uh, to place um, at night. I mean, that's that could be part of it, you know, because like we would get to set and you know go to hair and makeup while it was still light out, and then you had to, you know, and they're setting up lights and doing everything, but you we really couldn't start until it got dark. Um, and then, but mostly I think because it was so much action. Mm -hmm. um, so like the way that they have to shoot it is they have to like you know do so much of it with the stunt doubles and the stunt team. And then, you know, you have to go back and do a lot of the, the close-up stuff or, you know, I mean, they do a lot of fighting themselves in right. it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going back and, like, matching this up, matching that up. And they had, like, really cool stuff happening that one, like the whole, like, tic-tac, they were calling it, up the containers. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he does that, like, jump up the containers. He, like, it's so cool. But, you know, obviously that takes hours to do I mean I don't remember exactly how long it took to do it but we also had delays because of the rain um because it was kind of raining that night so we had to like always hold for a minute um but there were just like a lot of moving parts in that scene you know and like even like you know okay now we're moving to this shot now we have to move the shipping containers because you know we need more room on this side for whatever you know so there's just like so many pieces that go into it and like a lot of people in the scene so you're trying to get coverage for everything and every angle and you know and I mean that's to me like that seems like like that's amazing that they're able to do it in that little bit of time because like they're obviously all incredibly experienced and professional and they have a pretty healthy budget that they're working with you know yeah so, the, uh, when when about was that filmed that scene that was last july last july so it, it actually it, it wasn't like cold or anything right it was pro no. probably kind of warm maybe when it was like in the middle of the night it was getting a little bit chilly just because i was like wearing like a right. sun and, you know <laughs> so and you're and it's like i didn't notice yeah <laughs> it's kind of like gross and like you know and and down by the water so it was definitely cold and you know, but not like terrible. Like I've been on film shoots, like in Buffalo in the middle of winter in like in right. a, a blouse and wet. So like, <laughs> I will not complain about the middle of the summer in New York city. So <laughs> was, was there any type of padding inside that shipping container? Because weren't you thrown in there? You were thrown in for like some of the shots. There was like a mat or a mattress in there. Um, but a lot of the, like, more close-up or, like, you know, because you, you couldn't show that there was anything in there. So, like, when it was possible, 
they put mats in there. But uh, everyone else in that scene were stunt women. Right, so and that's why I asked because like, <laughs> yeah, because it, and it it could be the framing too. You know, if there were mats, you know, in the framing. Well, so it's no, though, like honestly, like you know, I was definitely like sitting there like on my knees for like two days straight. Like <laughs> it was kind of uh, yeah, my I was very sore afterwards. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I it, it's something I wanted to do when I was younger. Um, after high school, but you wanted to do stunts? No, it, just acting. Um, and yeah. maybe I just didn't have the face for it. I don't know. But no, <laughs> I um, I actually had enlisted into the army my senior year. Oh wow! And that kind of put a um, that that's kind of what kind of ended that um, aspiration to be an actor, I suppose, yeah. because I. Uh, that happened. I graduated in two thousand one, so I'm I'm thirty two years old, mm-hmm. and uh, I started the whole acting stuff uh, early two thousand two, and mm-hmm. then by when was it? I want to say mid to late two thousand two. You know, at the time I was like, maybe they'll put a hold on it, and maybe I can resume once I get back, and it just didn't yeah. happen. You know. It's not- too late. It's it's never too late, but you know I I have a family. I have three kids now, and you know I I really love this podcasting thing. You know I've been doing this yeah. for a year. I've made incredible friends all around the country, and I I talk to amazing people such as yourself. You know, yeah. and I get to live vicariously through you. <laughs> you know, yeah. so but but also doing what I do now. I am going back, and um, the concept of the show is my, my co-host is my son. You know, uh-huh. and I, I had him at a young age, so he's actually almost 15. He's a, He just finished up his freshman year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I had him, like, the end of junior year. So him and I, we love movies. You know, I was a kid, yeah. you know, when he was born, so I always watched movies with him. Aww. And so I was like, hey, how about we do this podcasting thing that seems to be catching on, and we're going to review the movies I grew up watching, and you're going to give your perspective you know, and, and see if it still holds up, you know. Yeah. So a lot of the movies we do are like 80s and 90s, and we, we do some new ones too. And that's why I was asking you to kind of like yeah. keep it in that same time frame. But, you know, it, it, I ultimately it's up to the guests because I don't want them to talk about something they, they are completely foreign about. And right. some of the examples I gave you were kind of only, you know, because they were similar to the movies you were giving me. Right. And I was like, you know, maybe we'll just talk and, and see how it goes. And <laughs> I think it seems to be going pretty well. I mean, I I just like when you ask me that, like, oh, what movies or what? And it's so funny because like, like when I was younger, like I had the weirdest taste in movies. Like those first <laughs> few movies I gave you, like A Few Good Men and like Schindler's List and Spartacus. Like, those were my favorite movies as a kid. Like, what? Like, Spartacus, the original, with, like, Kirk Douglas and Tony Curtis. Yeah, I haven't seen Spartacus, but the other two movies I love. But it's, like, old and, like, obscure and, like, what? Like, what teenager (laughs) is into that? But that was was me. I was a little little offbeat. Oh, wait, what, what about in Clueless? Oh really? They watch it in Clueless. Oh, I'm I'm wondering. You didn't see Clueless either. I did see Clueless. Well, um, so remember Christian and Cher. I think this is the biggest problem. I've had a lot of concussions in my life. I think I have like legit memory issues. (laughs) That's okay. Things in movies, like people are like, "Oh, remember that scene?" And I'm like, "No, that sounds really good." Yeah. Right. I like that. I might take that. Yeah. Tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But I I I have that. 
similar issue except for that I didn't have concussions, but I think it's just a bunch of uh, my kids are driving me nuts. Uh, but I find that I forget things a lot. And, it, uh, you know, my wife points it out too, but it could be one of those like, well, it's because you're a guy. <laughs> you just oh, don't remember oh. things well. Like space out. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, there, there's... I've had a very interesting life, so yeah. I've gone through a lot. I've experienced a lot. So yeah, yeah you know the little bit of things I, I won't remember. Did you ever watch um, Married with Children? Yes. Did you watch a lot of it? I probably did. Here's the interesting thing about my childhood was that I spent a lot of it in Germany. Right. So a lot of the TV and film that I watched was dubbed into German. Okay. So it. It kind of ruins the experience for a lot of those shows because so much of the humor like gets lost in translation and such. Translation and like and even though they use like really good voiceover actors, it's not the same. Like and they use the same pretty much. Like they'll have like the Bruce Willis voiceover guy and the Whoopi Goldberg voiceover lady. But like the first time I would hear these people in English, I was like, "This is weird. Why do they sound (laughs) like that? Like that is not." how you know Bruce Willis sounds that's not his voice but it, it it's just funny so like I think that that probably like made me remember movies differently too because <laughs> like I would watch like the German version and then like come over here and watch the English version right but yeah mm, this would be interesting though but the, the scene <laughs> I wanted to reference was when uh, Kelly went on a, uh, a game show mm-hmm. and I think it was sports related maybe or just something because i remember al was training her on all this information uh-huh. and and then she was about to win and it came down to um to one question and and throughout uh i think there was a, like a throwaway line where they said oh you know be careful because anytime you know, like new information comes old information goes out you uh-huh. know so so they don't know what it was going to be and the final question was you know who you know, at the high school that Al went to, like, who holds this record? You know, the answer was her dad, and she couldn't remember because oh, she, so she just had so much information. So I feel like that sometimes. Like, I, I start to learn so many new things. Maybe I start to forget old stuff, too. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, supposedly we don't use all of the space in our brain. But, I mean, there's only so much you can, like, save up there. Like, so much of it becomes, like, unimportant and, like... That's why I'm not on Facebook. I swear to God. I'm like, I don't have like the time or the room in my brain for that clutter. Mm -hmm. And I really like, there's something about like, there's something like beautiful and organic and natural about losing touch with people. Like, like that happened naturally for most of our lives as human beings. Right. Until Mm -hmm. like, what, 15 years ago? Like if you didn't want to talk to your second grade friend anymore. You didn't because you moved on and you had different friends and different people in your life. And now like there's this unnatural, like we're like forced to like be friends with everyone you ever fucking met in your life. Right. Sorry. I dropped the F bomb. But there's such a like, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Let's be friends on Facebook. It's like, but maybe I don't like you as much as like you think I do. (laughs) Like what if, we like see each other again and see if that works out in person. And like, then maybe we can keep in touch electronically. I don't know. You know, it's like, it's just like this weird, like forced unnatural, like I understand it's great to keep in touch with people you want to keep in touch with, right? but there's such a like pressure to like be everybody 
in the world's friend. And like, I guess I just use that term, like that word just a lot more sparingly than most. Like, I don't know. Because my grandpa always said, like, if you die and you have two good friends, Mm -hmm. like you still have two good friends at the end of your life, like you're a lucky person. And I was like, dang, okay. You know, like, and I kind of believe that. Like, I'm like, like, can you really call all those people your friends or like, even acquaintances, like, I think it's just, like, a lot of clutter, you know? Like, because how many of those relationships are actually meaningful, you know? Right. Or, like, you're getting updates all the time on people's every little fart. But, like, do you actually know how they're doing? Because they're showing you a version of themselves that they want to. They're curating their lives. Right. So, like, did you ever sit down with them and, like, actually see how they're doing? Like, look in their eyes and, like, heart to heart, like, what's going on in your life you know like I feel like a lot of that is getting lost because people don't need to do that anymore you know mm-hmm. and I know I sound like an old fuddy-duddy <laughs> but, <laughs> but I like really believe in that like I like connecting with people like for real you know so it's hard it's like I, I don't know you know like, you know it'd be funny if if you, you were that one actor's friend who made it big and they're like oh she's too good for us now <laughs> that's so funny like I was just never on Facebook Dude. Um, but <laughs> Fuddy Duddy, that reminded me of DuckTales. Oh, I love DuckTales. Yeah, and there was, there's an episode, it does, every time I hear that Fuddy Duddy, it always takes me back to an episode, but I just can't remember the episode. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I think they're bringing that back, right? The the, the show? That was definitely one of my favorites. Cartoon, or they're going to just replay the old one? Uh, I think I think it's going to be a new cartoon. Oh, I no. I think so. They're not going to make it like weird, like... Like CGI or something. Cartoon. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know. The quality of cartoons is like, in my mind, like gone down drastically. Yeah. It, Just I'm, the animation itself, like, makes me want to like cringe. You know, like uh, SpongeBob, like, I find I find them funny. <laughs> There's a lot of funny it's stuff. And, but, but the animation, it reminds me a lot of Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, that's true. And, and I... It was funny because I used to watch Ren and Snippy a lot, but I hated the yeah. animation. <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah, it was just their style. Ugly. Something like ugly and like off putting about it, right? Yeah. And so I I'd be curious to go back and look to see if, you know, if they're like similar um, you know, artists or mm-hmm. what have you. But yeah, it's just that was an inspiration at least. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So if you used to watch DuckTales, did you ever do like Tailspin and Darkwing yes. Duck? And- Yep. My mom was a single mom. So like we watched a lot of TV growing up, mm-hmm. like from a very young age. Yeah. So we were, we were, uh, you know, she worked and we, we kind of were like Lord of the Flies. We were, uh, we were kind of left to our own devices. So <laughs> TV was a big hit in our household because it was the only thing that kept us from like pummeling each other. Which, so. of, uh, which of those Disney, um, cartoon shows back then like do you remember any of the lyrics from from any of those shows whether they're like gummy bears or uh gummy bears i i, I think i remember yeah hiding here and there and everywhere now look at you and then uh, uh rescue Ranger. i loved rescue rangers yes gadget <laughs> I rangers that was like that was my jam chip or dale um dale i don't know I think, like, I've always been drawn to, like, grumpy characters. So, Monterey. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, 
like when House was on, I was like, I get this guy, man. I get him. Like, I like the like grumpy, like, like too smart for his own good guy. Like, I get that. Like, that's, that's my that was my show. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I I loved House, and then oh. after that was over, I needed something else, and like my friends were all like. Why don't you watch Breaking Bad? Because we've been trying to get you. I haven't seen that yet. No. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I know you watch Game of Thrones, right? Because you you were Dude. talking about that. I did. That's, that's your jam, right? That's... Hashtag wars last night. That was fun. Game of Thrones foods on at midnight. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, I think yeah, I saw you tweeting on that. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, I like Game of Thrones. I know, like. Yeah. Am I allowed to as a feminist? I don't know. <laughs> right. Oh, right. With some of those uh, recent episodes. Which are my least favorite kind of feminists that tell other feminists how they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think I just did it, too. Yeah. It's a meta. It's a circle. It's like, it's just stop judging each other, people. End of story. Okay. Yeah. Done with my rant. But is there... Is... But, but with Breaking Bad, because uh, I know a lot of people still haven't seen it for as good as it's supposed to be, yeah. right? But is there, um, have you, or is there a reason you haven't watched it? You just haven't gotten around? Are you staying yeah, away from it? have like a list of like epic TV shows that I know I need to watch that I still haven't. And yeah. there's some that are much older that I feel like I should watch first, like The Sopranos. Right. Like The Wire. The Wire um, is one I need to watch, and that's one people yeah. are like, you haven't watched The Wire? But look, yeah. not everybody had HBO growing up. <laughs> exactly. I never had cable growing up. I didn't have cable until a few years ago. So, like, there's a lot of show, like older shows that I'm, like, catching up on now. Um, and then I haven't seen True Detective. I haven't seen Breaking Bad. Didn't watch Mad Men. I don't know if I want to. Edmund's um, good writing. If you appreciate yeah. like really good dialogue and writing, that's that's it's a slow burn too. Like the episodes, yeah. but um, I I really enjoy that. I'm a, I I think I'm like two seasons behind, but it's just one of those things. I didn't stop because I didn't like it. It's because I, I probably picked up another show, you know. And I was like, well, this one's a little bit better right now, so I'm gonna watch this. But I think yeah. they are on Netflix for streaming, so I can always go back. And I think the thing with me too is that sometimes. Like, because I'm, like, constantly telling stories in my life, in my profession, and I'm writing a lot, and I'm, like, always, like, if I'm in the middle of shooting a film or in a play, like, I don't really want to get too invested in other stories. Right. Like, that's just, like, a personal thing of mine where I'm just, like, I don't have the, like, brain space or the emotional space to get, like, too involved in all these other characters. Like, it's hard for me to read novels during, like, a really intense like story that I am part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, I don't know. So it's weird, but like I'll still watch television, but then it'll usually be like TV. That's a little easier to digest. So like, I would rather like save the good shows, you know, like not that the other shows that I'm watching aren't good, but they're just, it's not as important. Like I can sit there and write emails during them or, mm-hmm. you know, I can play hashtag wars and like let my, brain like have a break you know and like so sometimes I'm like I don't want to get involved with like like Daredevil I still haven't finished because I've been like savoring it right so like I've been watching like one episode like I don't know maybe a week or every two weeks because I'm like I like this I don't want to just watch it because I feel like I have to get through it 
you know, like I want to enjoy the episodes. I want to be in the right like frame of mind and not be like, oh man, I didn't get back to that director or, you know, like, you know, there's like, I, I think like when you're busy, like, I don't know, like TV, there's a, there's different functions for different types of shows. Like I don't hate reality TV just for that reason. Like, cause sometimes it's nice to put on like, okay, dance moms. I like dance moms. <laughs> I'm not going to lie because it's like, I don't have to think, you know, like I can just watch it and be like, this is entertaining. Like it's entertaining. It's entertainment, which I hate to say it, but like a lot of Broadway musicals are just entertainment, right? Right. They're all they are. They're spectacle. Like they're, there's nothing too deep or thoughtful or whatever about them, but nobody says that that's not high art, you know? I mean, I guess because there's a lot of skill that goes into it, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't seen uh, Dance Moms, but that's that's one of your things. I yeah, I like Dance Moms. I think I don't know. I can just identify with those little girls, like you know, trying to like get good at the thing they love to do, and like all the crazy adults around them, like you know, being crazy adults and yeah, I, oh, it's kind of fun. <laughs> I, I, I watch reality shows. I can enjoy yeah. some, but they're not my thing. I, I prefer yeah. actual TV shows. Yeah. But my reality show is Naked and Afraid. Oh, my gosh. I've seen that. I just watched it last night. <laughs> what is happening? Why? Why, why is this a thing? Yeah. I'm kind of like, I get it, but like I kind of don't. I think for me, it's hard to like put my head around the 21 days thing. Yeah. Because it's just like an hour of TV. So I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, so they're hungry. So, like, I've been hungry. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think Chris would mind. But recently, uh, I, I was, I was on Twitter talking with a friend, and, and we were talking about reality shows. And I told her, oh, you know, Naked and Afraid, it, that's that's my thing right now. Yeah. And then this guy just randomly popped up out of nowhere. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna be on this Sunday's episode. You should check it out. And I'm all like, you know, I have it on record. You don't have to tell me, you know. I was like, That's so funny. That's a good show. And then, you know, I was like, I'm talking to this guy anyway. Why not ask him? So I was like, hey, would you would you be interested on in going on a podcast to talk about your experience on Naked and Afraid? He's like, yeah, sure. And then I mentioned Chris. I go, hey, man, this is up your alley because you do the interviews. You know, I, I'm a movie yeah. guy. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, yeah, cool, you know, thanks. And then he got back to me a little bit later. He's like, He's like, hey, man, you know, you watch the show. Do you want to be like a guest host? I go, uh, we'll see because he's on – you get you and him, you guys are on the East Coast, so I'm three hours yeah. behind. And, you know, if it um, – afternoon for you guys, I'm like I'm still at work, you know. Right. So, right. But the the contestant, he, he actually had to reschedule a few hours later, and that yeah. worked out because I got a text from Chris like five minutes before they were about to record. And then I was like, well, I would, I'd love to be on, but all I have is Skype on my phone. So if you're okay with that, he's like, yeah, come on in, man. I don't know what to ask. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, he says, uh, the um, Charlie well, was the guy that was on it. Uh, so we, we interviewed him, and he's, uh, I asked him, what was the hardest thing, the, the fact, the, the, what was the factoring thing that made it the toughest to survive yeah. that 21 days? And he said being dehydrated. Mm. nothing else like like the cuts and you know being being naked in front of a stranger yeah. you know the, like the food no big deal when it when it came to not being able to find water 
Oh, interesting. So, and I know some people, like, when they first catch it, they'll be like, oh, naked. That's their gimmick. You know, they want people okay. to watch that. I, but to me, as, as a viewer, I feel it's just another factor they have to deal with. Like, you don't have yeah. shoes. Like, you can be, yeah. you, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, you know, I'm in the rainforest. I'll be good because I'm kind of protected from the sun. But no, you're, you're no. walking through vines and... There's leeches yeah. and whatever. All the time, like things are attacking your body. Yeah. Exactly. You stand by me. Have you seen that one? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, you know, the guys went, you know, swimming and came oh. back out with a bunch of leeches. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting. I mean, in general, like I had this conversation with a director recently that I worked with, and he's from Montreal, mm -hmm. but he originally he's from Europe, and um, he was like, in Montreal, like I can get actor, like, actors don't really like care about nudity like he's like i can get actors to probably like have sex on camera like real sex like if i asked them to oh, and wow. i was like oh dude i was like i think that's called porn but <laughs> <laughs> but like but he was just like there's such a difference in like america like we're so squeamish about nudity or we like have like there's like two extremes right it's like either like we're really prude and like can't handle it or it's like this like completely fetishized like like every woman is like objectified and hypersexualized and like because we were talking just about nudity in the context of film and I was like you know if I like was still in Europe and like you know it's just not such a big deal over there and people go to nude beaches and it's like you know people go with their families and it's like nudity is just a thing like you know like yeah my mom would like walk around without her clothes on because I was just normal because she's like getting out of the shower you know like but like he so over there, like, I feel like I probably would have a different relationship to it as an actress. Mm -hmm. But here, it's like, no, it's like, it's almost always used for shock value here. Yeah. Right? Like, it's never just normal. Like, if you, like, you know, someone takes their clothes off on a TV show, oh, they're so brave. It's like, or is it just normal? You know, but it's like, in our cultural context, like, it is considered brave or like selling out right like how many actresses have been like chastised for like taking their clothes off and something you know and it's like well what but if if movies are like representing life then don't people take their clothes off in real life but in our culture it's like so hush hush and so like oh no it's like such a taboo to like take your clothes off that like yeah that 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 a show like naked and afraid feels like a gimmick when it's like, yeah, but like people have been surviving in nature for as long as there have been humans, like without clothing on, like mm -hmm. that's normal. Like, like the fashion industry is not normal, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, the way that we have like put clothing and fashion on a pedestal, that's weird, right? Like our bodies are how we are born. Right. I don't know. Like it's so strange, but like in this in this weird like climate around our bodies and things like I typically don't do nudity. Like, you know, like it's just not something like if there's a it's in a breakdown for a job, I'm kind of like, yeah, cuz like are you what are you doing it for? Like what's the point of the nudity? Right. You know? Oh, actually in that in that film The Closer, like there's a scene where I'm in a hospital gown and it kind of like slips off cuz like I'm getting dressed and and I watched the screening, like a, a rough cut of this of the film, and sure enough, like my whole like chest is exposed. I was like, oh whoa, oh, oh, like, that happened. I was like, I didn't realize that. And he's like, oh, you know, like 
you know, let's talk about it. Like if we need to take that out, there's other takes, whatever, like, you know, because I didn't have like a nudity clause cause it, but I like was not thinking about it at all when we were doing the scene. Cause it was like a very emotional scene and mm-hmm. she's just waking up from a surgery and you know, and her, her boyfriend's not there. And you know, so it's like, that is not on my mind is like, what is the hospital gown doing? You know, but like when I watched it, I was like, oh, dang. But like, and it wasn't as like crazy as I thought it was to be like going to be like seeing that part of my body on screen, like for the first time ever, especially in a room full of other people. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because why would she be covering herself? You know, so like in that context, nudity seemed completely normal. Right. Like where I remember Schindler's List, like that was on my list of movies, right? Like there was so much nudity in that. But like, um, yeah, because that was part of the reality of like the horrible things that were happening to these people. Like if they had tried to make that movie without nudity, it would have been a lie. Right. Right. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's a, a strange thing to like, ah, to fit yourself into that as an actor who's like trying to like have integrity and like, you know, not compromise your own like morals or, or, or your like even your worldview or like, you know, when you see all these like pop stars prancing around in like nothing, you know, and you're like, oh, geez, is that necessary? And then you're like, okay, but wait, like, that's them like owning their bodies, and is that empowerment, or is that like there's dudes sitting there like jerking off to that, you know, like, in, and there's like people sitting there in their you know offices like clapping their hands with glee because you know they're they've you know they're making a ton of money off of so-and-so's butt or so-and-so's boobs or so-and-so's you know it's like and 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 that there was a key and peel sketch that i loved i don't know if you watch key and peel some things like like the the more stuff that i'm a little bit more um, privy to like you know like game of thrones when they did that I, i watched it yeah so not actively no Right. Well, they had this one sketch where there was like one of them was a like a pop artist and she was like, you know, being interviewed on the red carpet and it's all, you know, yeah, it's like I'm like so empowered and I like don't like, like I don't wear anything. Like and these little girls are like, you're so great. Like you're you know, you you like help me to like like love myself as a girl or whatever. I mean, I'm totally paraphrasing. Right. But then like the, then the pop star goes into the dressing room and stands, stands in front of the mirror and like takes off the wig and just is like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> We've got them to believe that they are like being empowered by this or something, you know, like we got them to believe it was their idea. Ha, ha, ha. Like, you know, like kind of like, yeah, actually, like maybe there's something to that, you know, like, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's, like, is it empowering to, like, walk around with everything on display, or are people sitting there thinking really dirty things, you know, like, I don't know, like, it's such a confusing time to be, you know, in America right now. <laughs> yeah, it it is, and, um, I don't know, it's, the times have definitely changed from, you know, I, I'm going to say we, you know, when we were younger. Yeah. And, you know, with social media and all these things, like, I, I always kind of, I, I guess for lack of a better word, I kind of fear for my kids sometimes. Yeah. It's because, yeah, the times have changed. And I don't know, and like exposure to certain things. I mean, Walking Dead has desensitized our society, you know, to violence. Well, it's yeah. an example. I wouldn't say, I'm not, I'm not going to blame them. 
Right. But, but yeah. shows like that, yeah. Yeah, shows like that. And, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really tough to even be a parent now, I, I, I would yeah. imagine, as opposed to back then, where back then, you know, like, I don't know about you. I mean, I know you said you grew up on a lot of TV, as, yeah. as did I, but also a lot of movies. But I also did a lot of, you know, riding my bike around, around town. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, for me, and this could also kind of be because of my neighborhood. But my son's mm-hmm. almost fifteen. I've never let him ride around town on his own, <laughs> but I have let him take transit to, um, you know, the transit system to, you know, where he needs to go. So he does parkour like three times oh, cool. a week. Yeah, so so he does that. And he's a pretty active kid, and he's you know he's a really good kid. And I think maybe I feel sometimes that he was a little too sheltered. Right. Like, I feel he might have missed out a little bit on the things I grew up doing too. Right. Like that sense of like independence and exploration. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. And I do find that he really depends on me a lot. Like yeah. like recently um he got uh he got offered a uh a scholarship to attend a choir camp this summer. Oh cool. Yeah, and it was only offered to uh well only one student gets chosen by by the choir teacher at school. Nice. It's funny because he has the same choir teacher I had in high school. Aww. And and I think the teacher does remember me sleeping a lot in class. And then I go, <laughs> you go back and you tell him I was sleeping because I had you. <laughs> I, I, I was I, I was a young father oh, working full time. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it, you know, I don't want to um, go too far oh, off that. Oh, because you had him as in his, as your son. Yes. I thought you- you because you had that teacher and he kept you like he made you fall asleep. Oh no no yeah no because yeah my my son yeah because I was working the forty hours a week and going to school and okay. trying to graduate. Oh, you were a really young dad. Yeah yeah senior oh. year you know I was uh, I was taking him to the daycare at school you know and oh. as long as I continued oh. to go to school I didn't have to pay for it so it yeah. kind of worked out but um yeah. so he's going to this thing the, the this choir camp and. Oh, so he was filling out an application, and mm-hmm. then and then one of the pages was like, oh, you know, insurance information. I go, go get your insurance card and just fill out the information. Yeah. And then he comes to me, and he's like, okay, so what's the policy number? I was like, y- y- look, you know, yeah. you just, just read <laughs> the information on the card, and you just write where it applies. And mm-hmm. I swear, he came to me like two more times, and I was getting a little frustrated because, like, I can tell him the answer. Right. But that's an example of many, many times where he'll come to me for something so simple. Yeah. It's like if you would just stop and you just slow down, you, you maybe you would get it. And I just and that's just another example of like mm-hmm. you know the times have changed. But maybe maybe that's because of how I was a parent with him growing up, though. You know, maybe that's my fault that he depends on me too much. What do you think? I don't know. I think there is just a general shift, like there has been. Like I mean, it's cyclical, right? It's like there was like, it's always like a response. Like one generation is like the response to the last one, right? So it's like really strict parents. Okay, now we're going to be more permissive. And then like, oh, these people were way too permissive. And these kids are like all still living on their parents' couches at 25. You know, like, like, okay, now we need to like go back to like Tiger Mom. Oh, and now we need to go, you know, it's like, there's like, I don't know. I think there's always a response and, and, I don't know, like, because, like, okay, there's, like, all this criticism about, like, millennials or whatever, right? Right. But millennials are also considered to be one of the most open-minded generations. So their parents did do something, right? Even if they're a little bit entitled or spoiled or whatever, they're also uh, 
more thinking, caring generation, you know? So it's like, I don't know, you know, like there's always like pros and cons, like, and then you always have to look around you and see like what the world is like around, you know, like if you were, you were a soldier, like, so you have seen some of the darker sides of like humanity, Mm -hmm. like of course your response is going to be to like try to protect your children. Right. And like to try to like, ease their way into like their experience of like figuring out the world. Like that makes sense to me, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like, cause I, especially growing up in Germany and having, you know, my grandfather was part of world war two, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so he raised his children. So my father and my aunts and uncles as a response to that, you know, of like having gone through world war two and having seen slash done I don't know family secrets um you know what he did so you know it's like it's a it's a action and reaction I think right no that's that absolutely makes sense you know like I think it and the and the world is constantly changing and morphing and and it's a confusing time like and it's and and some of the things are great you know like the fact that people are speaking up more for women people are speaking up more for minorities and just various oppressed folks you know people with disabilities it's like you know and and that shakes the powers that be right like they're afraid to lose their status they're afraid to lose their power that makes sense right nobody likes when the status quo changes but it does and you know but it's it's still hard and confusing and like what's it mean to be a man nowadays what's it mean to be a woman what is femininity what is the spectrum that we're on what you know what is sexuality you know like all of these questions that are like finally being examined because they just like were hushed you know for such a long time and just accepted you know, and it's like, yes, like, let's get, let's talk about these things. Let's get angry about these things. But at the same time, that makes it incredibly confusing to be a person. But I can imagine even more so to be a parent, right? Like, yeah. there's so many things you can, like, do wrong now, you know, when it used to be kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, right, right. <laughs> like my mom was very much a, yeah, whatever kind of parent. Like, ah, she'll be fine. Oh, my parents you know? too. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, eh, you know. Like, I remember I had these, all these, like, weird, like, clothing phases where I was, like, really goth for a while and, like, <laughs> would just only wear black or, like, I had this, you know, I was very much had this, like, skater phase and bas- I was a basketball player, so I'd wear these, like, baggy clothes and I was a, I was a rapper for a while and I was, I was a very, like, you know. Really? You were a rapper, huh? Yeah, yeah, I was. You, do, you, uh, do you remember any, any lyrics? That is something? not happening. <laughs> no? Okay. All right. <laughs> I um but, but I, I went like, through that phase myself. I used, oh, did you? I, oh, I used to rap. I I still have. I, I may still have some songs laying around on a laptop, perhaps. Oh but. my god! Yeah, I think I'm on some mixtape somewhere because I was the first female MC in my city. Oh nice. So, yeah, it was it was kind of a big deal. But so like everyone, like all my mom's parent, like my my friends' parents or my mom's friends, like especially in our church growing up, they were like, oh no, Jessica's like. She's in a bad way. Look at how she dresses. And my yeah. mom's like, if the only thing she's doing is dressing funny, I think we're okay. You know? Because, like, she knew I wasn't doing drugs. She knew I wasn't, like, having lots of, like, scary, like, sex. And, like, you know, like, wasn't putting my – I mean, I was putting myself in harm's way. Like, she didn't really know. But, <laughs> but like – We all kind of did. You know, I had I had good grades and I was, I was a decent kid. You know, like, I was – 
volunteering and doing all sorts of like you know like good stuff so she was like you know if she wants to like wear black eyeliner then so be it you know like that's not that doesn't say anything about like who she is on the inside like yeah she's got a dark side to her you know but like we all do she's just embracing it a little bit you know like your appearance doesn't define who you really are yeah you know so so I think that was like kind of the I feel like the generation I grew up in of kind of like yeah do your thing you know like kind of like I mean but it was also like our circumstances with like a single parent and like you know there was only so much she could control just based on like time and resources and you know so it was you know and that was her thing too it was like if you want to go and buy those clothes to express yourself then you need to go get a job to pay for the clothes right. to express yourself you know yeah. so I did you know and I was like working since I was like 12 you know which probably is illegal but <laughs> you know it was like so then I had my own money and then I could like go and do the things I wanted to do and like because we didn't have allowance you know so right. it was you know it was just like a different sense of like okay like from a very young age I was like expected to like have, be responsible for myself mm-hmm. you know so you know and, and there's there's a I know and like of course I think that will very much influence like how I raise my own kids um you know but we'll see yeah. I did a lot of nannying and babysitting over the years so I'm like I'm, I'm cool with the like the practical stuff but like the bigger questions is where I like kind of like oh my god am i ever gonna be ready for this i don't know oh yeah people always think that about themselves but you, you'd be surprised but i, I kind of want to go back to the rapping real thing uh, real, real quick <laughs> just one question and then we'll move on yeah but, um uh who were some of your like influences or inspirations to maybe your style or or, or, or were there any yeah i mean there was like i belonged to this like crew in my city in germany and there were you know so there were like graffiti artists and break dancers and DJs right. and rappers and like I mean it was cool and then we lived right next to an airbase actually so there were a lot of like American soldiers that were involved in the like hip-hop community there um so it was really neat because it was like a bunch of like these like German like students and then you know soldiers that were like currently like waiting to like be deployed and you know so right, like right. It was a really cool mix. Um, so, like, they were actually big influences because, you know, I was kind of learning from them about hip-hop. And, um, you know, so whenever they – because they actually had a record store. And so they would, you know, get new records in and we'd just sit around and listen to them. And, you know, so I was just like – I don't know. I would just kind of soak up whatever was around me. Um, I listened to my, my brother too. He was into, he was really into hip hop. So I like, he, I remember he got, uh, KRS one. Right. And like, so I was like, Oh man, this is deep. Like I liked a lot of that stuff. That was like really like, I don't know. I liked a lot of the, the thinkers, the, the, you know, the, the more like intellectual rappers, the people that are like trying to do stuff with their art, you know, like, like the, Nas, the preachers, you know? yeah, Nas. Um, I also liked more of the like melodic stuff. So I always liked the like the jazz metaz, you know, guru, like, I don't know, I liked. Um, and I mean, obviously, I had a big Tupac phase. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm from the West Coast. So Tupac's my guy. Oh, nice. But like Lauren Hill was definitely like, oh, yeah, a huge influence because I was like, whoa, what is she doing? She's so smart. And 
Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, as a woman, you know, it was like sure. Queen Latifah, whoever was like a woman out there doing it. I was like, yes, she's awesome. Foxy Brown. Uh, I don't know. She no. was a little too intense for me. Like, I mean, I liked a few of her songs, but I was like, whoa, dude. I think I was always a little off put by her, like, persona. Yeah, Lil' Kim. Her and Lil' Kim, yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> if I could get behind you guys. Because I was very much like a tomboy, and so I would, like, kind of dress like the dudes. So I was all, like, I was a little off put by, like, the hypersexualized female rapper. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, I think you can, I think you can say stuff. I think you don't <laughs> just have to, like, put your boobs out there. Like, I think you can, like, you know. I think you can do the same thing that the guys are doing, you know. Right. And of course, like there's, there's now that I've grown, you know, beyond that. I'm like, well, you can actually also embrace your femininity and be a feminist, you know. Like I, I'm not walking around like that today, you know. Like I don't feel like I need to like hide my body to like have the opinions that I do, you know. But I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like I'm trying to think of who else I really like listen to a lot. What about like DMX and the Rough Riders? Was that ever a thing for you? DMX, here's the thing. Like a lot of my friends in school listen to DMX because hip hop's really big in Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember one time one of my classmates went to the like the music store with me and she was like, hey, I I don't speak English. So can you like translate some of the lyrics for me? And so we sat there at this music store and I I translated... um, I translated some lyrics and that really turned me off because I think there was one about like, like his, you know, what being full of blood because he just, you know, what a corpse. And I was like, okay. Oh, um, yeah, because he did something to a corpse. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm okay skipping this guy because like this is, this is not my, you know, and funny now I watch Game of Thrones, right? right. Um, <laughs> and I was really into True Blood. Um, yeah, so it's like, I don't know, like, I think, I think I, like, my, my idea of, like, hip-hop was definitely, like, more, like, yeah, like, the political side of it. Yeah. You know, like, there was something really cool and, like, liberating about, like, being able to, like, say, yeah, I love the roots, like, I love, like, just, just, like, thoughtful stuff or, like, people, like, airing their complaints about you know the communities that they lived in or like the the oppression that they're going through you know so it was like yeah even then even as like a kid I was like talking about like feminist stuff and like like oh you think I can't rap because I'm a woman well here well you know because we would do these like open mic like kind of battles and stuff you know Uh Eminem style right eight mile yeah but (laughs) definitely did not freestyle no I was like, no. I always like wrote my lyrics beforehand and like pretended I was freestyling. <laughs> I think a lot of people did. I know, but like I knew people who would really freestyle, and I was like, yo, that is impressive. Like right. you're you're amazing. But so 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 basically, you were if you freestyled, you would be kind of like Jonah Hill in uh, Twenty Two Jump Street. Pretty much doing just the slam poetry. <laughs> But I remember it was a lot of people would like try to get me to sing and they were like, oh, it'd be so good if you could like, cause my mom was a singer and like I also was a singer like growing up and like, I don't really sing that much anymore. Like unless I have to, but like, I love singing. I just don't like doing it in front of an audience. Um, but like, 
so they would be like, well, we're going to do this track and like, it would be really cool if you could like sing. And I'm like, well, do I get like, do I get like a verse? Like, do I get to like also, you know, do I get to write some lyrics for it too? And they're like, no, 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 you just would sing. And then you, and we would be rapping and you would sing. And I was like, well, what about I rap too? Like, you know, so there's like, there's all those like stereotypes in that world of like, you know, the girl with the sweet voice, like sings some, you know, sings the hook. And then we get back to the manly men and their voices saying the words. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, what is this? So I was very much like, you know, on a little bit of a tirade to like <laughs> change change the landscape. Do but, you uh, do you have an, an opinion between uh, Nicki Minaj and Iggy Azalea? No, no, I don't. I don't. I really. It's so weird because like once I moved back to the states, like I was. I don't know. I just like stopped listening to like any current hip hop. I was yeah. like. I don't know. There's just this whole like shift happened for me where I was like, what? Like, this is like, I felt like so steeped in the culture back in Europe. And then I came here and it was kind of like, mm, I don't know. Like, it's, it's really different here. And especially, I mean, to me, that's pop music anyway, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I don't really have an opinion on it, you know, cause I don't, I don't really keep up with like current music that much. Again, I'm an old fuddy-duddy, so. <laughs> All right, you're, you're Scrooge McDuck is what you're saying. I am. I really am. I'm like, I'm House and Scrooge all bundled up in in one. Uh... <laughs> what, um, who's your favorite character from Game of Thrones? Hmm. I like Jon Snow. I like Egret, okay? I am Egret. I am a wildling. I'm just saying. My, my friend, she met um, the actress who played <gasps> Egret and Jon Snow. Um, in Seattle for their, I want to say their season three premiere up in Seattle. Yeah. And they they were just randomly walking around downtown and, and my, my friend and our other friend, it was the two of them, they went up there and they just, they're big fans of the show. And obviously they were up there for the premiere, you know, and, and they're just like, Egret and Jon Snow. (laughs) And and they got a picture and, and my friend, she's about, I want to say she's about five, eight, maybe five, nine, the tallest. But she is like towering over Jon Snow or Kit Harrington. Oh, dang it! Because I'm tall. Yeah, I know. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that's that's funny. Like I, I had no idea um, that you know. But Tom Cruise, like, not a lot of people still know that he's a he's not that tall. Yeah, you know? I mean that's that's an interesting thing. As like a tall actress, um, I've been told like to come to callbacks like do not wear heels like whatever you do because like we know that the actor is only five seven so you're taller and like cause I'm five nine and a half because like you know I'm, I'm tall I was a basketball player model all that so like it's funny because like in the acting world there are actually a lot of short actors there are yeah, yeah there are because I don't know why maybe maybe it's I like, can make it then <laughs> I'm only five seven, so five seven. Yeah, so I'm taller than you. Sorry, yeah. but but I'm but I'm also Asian. Most Asian men are are short. So I don't know. No, yeah, I guess there's some. I mean, we there's Stop. Yao Ming. There's a man named Yao Ming out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm my name is Park because I'm actually married to a Korean guy and he's six two. Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, there you go, six two. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, okay, I I didn't, I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, that's 
heart comes from. Okay, so I I didn't know you're married, so I just assumed right. that was okay. I thought maybe that was your yeah your birth name. Some parks out there in the world that are like from Scotland that are mm. like white folks, um, but you know obviously it's one of the most common Korean names. It is, and and usually if it was like American or something like that, it, there would be it would be parks, you know, with an S. Right. Uh, I, I I did see that, and I kind of wondered. If, if, may, if maybe there was some, you know, Korean like in your background or something like that, but yeah, um, I mean, in my future, you know, my kids will be half Korean. <laughs> oh, very nice, very uh, nice. I, I have met plenty, plenty of those uh, being in the military. Matter of fact, yeah. my um, my best friend who's getting married soon, uh, his fiance, she's half uh, half white, half Korean. Oh, really? Yeah. Beautiful. All my nieces and nephews are so gorgeous. Yeah. Because they're all they're all half, and they're incredibly gorgeous little children i'm like oh i hope i'm so lucky yeah <laughs> yeah my, my kids are boring old uh, full asians <laughs> oh so boring so only boring. the cutest children in the world Just whatever blackest blackest hair color and dark it's brown so eyes <laughs> are you kidding me my mom always always like asian children are the cutest like mom, but you have three children and they're not Asian, so <laughs> stop calling us not as cute as other children. Yeah, you just think we're the cutest ever because you're our mom. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, she would always like growing up. That's what she always would say. Asian children are the cutest. Maybe that's why I ended up with an Asian guy. Could be. Maybe she uh, kind of molded you to. Uh... <laughs> I was like, Asian kids. Asian children are the cutest. <laughs> that's funny. Not that he's a child, but you know. Right. Maybe. Right. <laughs> You're yeah. cute like a child, honey. <laughs> my, my six foot two Korean guy. No, not well, a child. So that works out. So you guys are about five inches apart, right? Yeah, five pretty much. Yeah, so, my, um, my wife, she's Vietnamese, and oh. mo most of them are tiny. Yeah. So I'm 5'7", and she's 4'9". Are you Vietnamese? I am Laotian. Oh, cool. Yeah, and there's a reference in King and the Hill, if you've ever seen that, because his neighbors are Laotian. <laughs> Sorry? No. <laughs> oh, I won't get into it, but it just, just No, because... there's like a joke. What ocean? Exactly. Layout. That's the oh, one. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the joke. Funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I always joke around too when... Because um, I, I don't know if you knew. I know, I know we were talking on Twitter, and I don't know if you were able to tell from our um, you know our logo or whatever. And yeah. I, I always feel like sometimes when I speak, um, like the... Maybe not the Asian accent, but the like the, my speech. Sometimes you can tell maybe English is my second language. Oh, okay. But yeah, I don't know if, uh, if you can even hear it at all. But when I have um, like other podcasters come on the show and, and we do the whole video chat, and uh, I always joke. One of the first things I say: No need to adjust your monitors. I am Asian. Oh, that's like, so funny. So, well, your name is like very not Asian. Um. Oh, right? like like in the email. Like on the on the Skype, right? Right, right. Um, oh, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it could have been something. You know, it could have been just like a, a, a random, maybe French influenced word I came up with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, you you know, um, you've got. Do you do you have a lot of projects coming up? Or I mean, closer is in post production, right? Yeah, and then a couple of short films, okay. and then I um i'm doing two plays this summer yay yay awesome um, any of those you want to plug and maybe do you happen to know when um closer is supposed to be released 
have no idea. Okay. I, I, I wish I wish I knew because I think it's going to be a good movie. Yeah. Um, uh, then I have I have uh, consumed coming out. It's um, part of the Twilight Saga. Um, they did a competition for female filmmakers um, to do origin stories for some of the characters in the Twilight Saga. So I am playing Jane, one of the Volturi, um, Jane and Alec, I'm playing their mother in her origin story. Um, that's a short film, but it's going to be fantastic. And Stephanie Meyer is involved in this, yes? Yeah, she approved yeah. She approved the casting, so she knows I exist. That's awesome. That's, that's I know, right? Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like the, I think the money came from like Volvo and Lionsgate and the, the you know, and they, it was a competition, so yeah. they chose my director and our screenwriters and, and then they just went and made a fantastic movie. So that should be coming out in the beginning of July. Well, where does that take place real quick? Because the uh, Twilight um, saga took place in Washington, Pacific Northwest. Yes, but this actually Jane and Alex's backstory is that they um, lived in like 9th century England okay. before they were turned. Um, and they were accused of witchcraft. Um, and so they uh, are basically... So the story is trying to show like their life before... You know, before they get turned, turn, she's, yeah. Jane is considered one of the you know more sadistic. She's probably the the most evil. Awesome. Um, but it's so it's like her kind of her backstory before she kind of turned evil, um, and so I'm her mother, uh, and so it's ill. Yeah, that's <laughs> I can't wait for that to come out. So it's actually going to be released on the Twilight um, Facebook page. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. So all six of those movies. So there's like different backstories for different characters, like Alice and um, uh, the Collins. I think, yeah, Carlisle, I think, has one. Um, so, yeah, so that is coming out in July. And then, um, yeah, and then the plays, I'm going to be in a play at the People's Improv Theater called Gary's Basement. Um, the playwright is John Moreno. He's in a really amazing sketch group called murder fist so i'm like super excited to work with those guys um and then uh another play for the fringe festival called above us um and that's going to be a really interesting piece because it's devised so it's uh we're going to be coming kind of coming up with the beats like through improv i mean she has the beat set but we're going to come up with the actual like dialogue and stuff through rehearsals so that's awesome. Exciting. Yeah, so there's like a lot going on. Now, uh, obviously, you don't have Facebook, so nobody should search for you and try to friend you. Uh, <laughs> but do you, do you welcome interaction on Twitter? I do. And do you want to I go do. ahead and give that plug? Yeah, uh, my Twitter handle is at GracefulLoon, L-O-O-N. Um, and I'm new to Twitter. Like, I've only been on it for a couple months, so I'm kind of figuring it out. Sorry if I tweet too much. No, not my at all. You, like, don't, you don't tweet enough. <laughs> no, my manager was like, no politics and religion. I'm like, Ken, I am a comedian and I'm a very opinionated person. Like, I can't not. So I think he's just like, okay, well, you're, you, we're going to be careful, but uh, you might not get some of those commercial auditions then because you do love. Yeah, and at the time of this recording, it's a Friday, so I'll be sure to hashtag FF, Graceful Loon. Yeah. Everyone else do so. But, awesome. um Yeah, I don't want to take up any much more of your time. You know, your time is obviously valuable, <laughs> but I want to, you know, thank you for coming on to the show, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you.
I would again like to thank Jessica Park for coming on to the show today. And for those that would like to email in, you can do so at hlfpodcast at gmail.com. You can find our Facebook page on Facebook and just give us a like. Let us know that you're listening out there. Uh, please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HLF Podcast. And until the next episode, I'm Peter and this is Hydrate Level 4. I send this one out to my right-hand man or men or women, the whole crew, real fan. Counter the work, pick up, blow a chill out Watching videos are acting really silly Yo, but really though, all I can end uh. Whether at the bar with superstars Or cruising in a trooper car I really don't care who you are All I really need is a friend can't have trust and you can't hang with us we respond to those who show respect with respect we respond we connect on the same deck same intellect my man never shifty things quickly if you can't understand we boys we boys we can stand on the corner with a hat selling toys it ain't about your bands i hope it ain't about mine my man i be dissing in my freestyle rhyme getting g's around the world i can trust you with my girl my man we chilling at the jam what's the plan i'm not a yes man and none of my friends are yes Men or women, I'm driving, I see my peeps, you get in, where you fit in. True friends are quick to sit in the beginning of all trouble. And when your bank roll doubles, Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble. Still, I got my own space like Hubble. We can count the door, we'll pick up, blow what you love. Watching videos or acting really silly, yo, but really though, all I can end. Whether at the bar with superstars or cruising in the trooper car, I really don't care who you